This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening, you're with Sharmila Ganesan and Sharad Kutin. Tonight, are Malaysians addicted to eating out? This comes as Economy Minister Rafizi Ramli pointed to dining out and ordering takeaway as part of the reason why some Malaysians are feeling the pinch. So first, we speak to an economist to discuss what policies have led to this situation and what can be done to address the problem. And then we want to know, do you spend a lot on eating out or ordering in? And are you looking to cut back? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, tweet us at BFM Radio, send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our U mobile number zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. This is Inside Story. It is six oh eight. So. Economy Minister Rafizi Ramli earlier this week commented that Malaysians are, um, quote-unquote, addicted to eating out and that we spend a considerable portion of our earnings every month uh, in doing so. And he was uh, linking this, of course, to the uh, rising cost of living and the drop in disposable income that many people are currently facing. Uh, Rafizi um, was, however, using this to say um, that a lot of the blame for this lies on past policies he compared Malaysia to other economies like South Korea um, and said that Malaysians spend a larger portion of their income on takeout and eating out and that this results in the depletion of their disposable income. Yeah, so we know that the government is grappling with uh, stagnation in wages for a lot of Malaysians, right? They're looking at that uh, dimension, the problem. They're also having to deal with the question of rising costs. So the the personal expenditures that we have, uh, in some ways, uh, are part of this equation, right? This, this, the context in which these questions arise for government in terms of trying to uh, formulate policies that would alleviate the situation of rising costs or help with, um, you know, improving people's income. So I, I, I think that uh, sometimes also, Shamala, I don't know if you wonder sometimes if the media is responsible for the, the more kind of. Uh, attractive, you know, like clickbaity headlines well, that will, might distort the message. I will admit straight up, actually, when I first read the headlines, um, I was, as they say, a little bit triggered. I eat out a fair amount. Um, and I did think that it was maybe a little overly simplistic to put the blame on uh, these sorts of choices that the average Malaysian might make. And, and that's actually coming through already in the messages that we're getting from our listeners. <clears throat> but that said, if you actually read the article or the, the comments that the uh, minister has made, made. Um, He does get quite nuanced about it. Um, For instance, he points to the fact that um, first he says he's not pointing fingers. He doesn't want to blame people. He does um, say a lot of this lies on past policies. He points to uh, poor agricultural um, policies in terms of uh, empowering our agricultural sector. He also talks about how something like um, public transportation not being optimal means that people take a long time to get home from work and which leaves them time poor, uh, gives them much less time to cook at home. So um, I think it is worth 
reading the minister's comments in full, uh, just to get an understanding of that uh, he's making a larger comment on behavior, um, spending and policy. But I will say, though, that I still think that um, this notion of saying um, it, it might sound to a lot of people like what he's saying is, um, well, you're eating out too much and that's why you don't have enough money. Yeah, so the idea that government should be lecturing people on how they should spend their money might rankle some. The others might say, well, actually, it's misplaced because the the problem really lies in the fact of you know stagnant wages for so long. Or uh, we don't really at this point seem to have a problem with the inflation. But I mean, all these things kind of add up, right, to the constraints that we feel, uh, the problems with the um, uh, a weak currency might mean that if your food includes a lot of imported items, then of course you'd be paying more for the things that you'd find pleasurable or desirable. So I think, yeah, there are complexities, but if we're going to start to find solutions, we should, well, try not to be triggered and try to kind of understand more deeply what is being offered as a way of thinking through the problem. So for what it's worth, um, Malaysian households apparently spend about one third of their income um, on buying cooked or takeaway food. So we are going to be speaking with Jeffrey, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Williams, who is an economist with the Malaysian University of Science and Technology after this. But we want to hear from you as well. Do you spend a lot on eating out? Um, and are you looking to cut back on that. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Balanced Frank Medium. BFM. It is 6.13. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. We're talking about Economy Minister Rafizi Ramli pointing to uh, the Malaysian habit of eating out as one of the reasons for uh, disposable incomes being, well, stretching less. Um, So we want to hear from you. Do you spend a lot on uh, eating out or ordering in? And are you looking to cut back? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now on the line is Dr. Jeffrey Williams, economist uh, with the Malaysia University of Science and Technology. Jeffrey, always good to have you with us. Hello, how are you? We're good, thank you. So the uh, minister has said that Malaysians are spending a significant amount of their earnings on eating out. Before we unpack that, could you tell us your own observations? Do you agree that uh, buying prepared food from outside does put a dent on household finances? Um, I think the answer to that is yes, it does. But I think that there are two components to it. One is the rather wonderful part of Malaysian culture, which um, encourages everybody to eat out and to socialize. And it's part of the lifestyle and the recreational um, activity that we all know and love. But then there is another part of it, which is related to um, a second part of Malaysian culture, which is the work culture. And the fact that we spend very large amounts, increasingly large amounts of our time in work or getting to work. And because of that, we are um, looking to, to find um, meals during the daytime whilst we're working. And where do we find those meals? We find them outside of the home. So in the past, until quite recently, working hours were normally around 48 hours a week. And now they've been reduced to 45 hours uh, a week. But what that means is that um, 
people spend a lot of time working and they also spend a lot of time getting to work in the morning for commuting and also getting back home from work in the evening. And that means they spend less time um, preparing food at home and eating food at home. In the morning, you have to leave the house early to get to work on time. And so you often skip breakfast at home and buy it on the way to work. And this counts for um, eating out or eating, eating away from home, even though you're just picking up your breakfast on the way to work. Of course, we tend to uh, take our lunch um, away from home as well. So we will either eat out at a restaurant, mamak, or fast food chain, or we will eat in the staff canteen. And this again counts for eating out or eating away from home. And then in the evening, we have to go through the same rigmarole. We leave late, we get stuck in traffic, and by the time we get home, we're just not in the mood to cook food. So what do we do? We pick up food on the way back, or we get home and then we call uh, delivery for the food. And so because we are, we are having less time um, in terms of our work-life balance to prepare food at home and eat food at home with our families, for example, we are actually spending more of our uh, disposable income on prepared meals, which are not necessarily part of the wonderful recreational lifestyle um, that we like to, to, to live. They're actually a, a cost of working. And this is a very big component of the increase in this um, um, element of uh, eating away from home, which is cutting into people's disposable incomes. Now, Jeffrey, um, uh, the minister actually tried to bring a comparative, comparative perspective on this issue. Uh, I imagine that you lived in other countries. I know that you lived in Malaysia for a long time. Uh, from your observations, do Malaysians eat uh, out more than or a, as much as those in other countries? Well, of course, it depends on which country you go to. But I think, you know, I come from the United Kingdom, and I would, I would say certainly in the United Kingdom we eat out less. We tend to eat out for special occasions rather than um, for normal occasions, except, of course, when it's, um, a, again, associated with our work. Um, but generally speaking, yes, Malaysians do tend to eat out more. There are very many reasons for that, cultural reasons, social reasons just because we have a much wider variety of options and also because it has in the past been relatively cheap to do that. So people have made that that, that choice simply because you get a, a wide variety of very good food and it's been affordable. But because of the cost of living, cost of the uh, increase, particularly the increase in food, it has become more expensive now. So it is taking up a bigger proportion of your disposable income here than it would in other countries. So actually, I wanted to um, sort of address that earlier. You talked about the reasons why uh, Malaysians tend to eat out more. But are there specific factors within the Malaysian culture and economy that has also made it relatively easy for people to buy food over cooking at home? Yes, in the past. Yes, of course, because um, eating, ha eating out has been relatively cheap and easily available and there are so many different options and alternatives whether you go to a formal sit-down restaurant or whether you just pick something up um, uh, through the you know the street sellers and so on there's just so many options and it has in the past been very inexpensive to, to get this huge variety of very good quality food at affordable prices more recently it's less um, affordable because of the increase in the costs uh, of producing it. 
Now, Jerry, one of the things that uh, the minister also pointed to was the need for uh, government, at least, to dissect the household expenditure issue using behavioural economics, uh, which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, suggests that consumer behaviour is led by a complex uh, set of decisions not all of them are need, uh, necessarily rational, right? So if the assumption is now that people might not be making completely rational economic choices, how does this change the way government policy interventions are put together? Well, when we talk about the, the question of rationality, it really is a question of making the right choices based on the constraints that you have available to you. And as I've just mentioned, one of the biggest constraints is your time. And um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're making crazy choices. It, there will be reasons for the choices. Um, and in a behavioral context, sometimes these reasons why you're making particular choices are outside of your um, control. So the working hours and the working relationships that we have are, out, are largely outside of your control if you're in a formal employment contract. It's one of the reasons why many people are moving out of formal employment contracts and moving into more flexible employment arrangements um, because it gives them more options to make different choices which are better for them so that they can maximize their own um, decisions based on their income and the prices that they're going to be paying. So what can the government do in, in that context is change the rules of the game, change the rules of the game in terms of employment in particular. So allowing people more flexibility in terms of working arrangements, allowing them to work from home more, um, encouraging them to do so. And we had a change in the Employment Act, which allows people to request um, flexible working arrangements of their employer. And their employer has to respond to that request within 60 days. But the power then rests with the employer because the employer can then simply refuse the flexible working arrangements, provided they give a reason for that, then that's the decision of the employer. If there is no good reason for them to refuse it, then you get into an employment dispute. And then that's one of the reasons why people wouldn't make the request in the first in the first instance. Mm -hmm. So what the government can do is to change those regulations and to change those, those rules to make um, flexible working arrangements more attractive. And this is a combination of changing the regulations on the one hand, but also changing the incentives both for the employer and also for the employee so that it becomes more attractive to offer flexible working arrangements. The, the fact of it is that we pay a cost to working every day. And when we go to work, we pay for commuting costs, we pay for petrol, we pay for tolls, we pay for parking, and of course we pay for our food whilst we're at work. And these costs have increased if you introduced more flexible working arrangements across more um, uh, types of jobs, then you can economize on that. I, for example, worked out just today that every month I spend a thousand ringgit every month in terms of work-related costs of commuting and food and parking and all of this. Now, I know that many people wouldn't spend a thousand ringgit, but if you were to do that calculation for yourself, you would be spending hundreds of ringgit. And since the median salary is only 2,600 ringgit a month, if you can economize on that, you could actually get the equivalent of an increase in your disposable income. But that economizing of it relies upon flexibility in your working arrangements. And we don't really have that system yet 
although there are some progressive employers who are actively introducing flexible working arrangements, unfortunately, there are very many dinosaurs who don't allow that. And that's part of the big problem. It's a systemic problem. The minister did say that he isn't pointing fingers. He acknowledged that people might choose to eat out because they are time poor, as we've discussed, uh, that it's a convenient option. Uh, He also related this to past policy failures, including things like uh, lack of proper public transportation. What are the different policy issues that intersect in in this situation? Well, it it is, as I said, uh, it is a systemic problem. So, and the, uh, YB Rafizi has a very good way of looking at the economy, in my opinion, because he does view these things um, uh, as a system in, in a systemic way, rather than just saying prices are high, food costs are high, therefore we need to bring them down, therefore we need to subsidize them or put them into price controls. He recognizes that there is a reason why the prices are high and there's a reason why people can't afford these higher costs. And so my personal view is that the primary reason for that is what we have just been discussing, which is that the working arrangements need to change. And rather than have government intervention in terms of subsidies or price controls or even um, cash transfers in this particular case, actually you can change it through um, changing working arrangements and changing the mindset of the um, employment environment. And actually, this is happening whether employers like it or not, because, as I say, many people are moving out of formal employment contracts. Only 40 percent of Malaysians in the labor force are in formal employment contracts, and they are actively moving away from these formal contracts because they want this flexibility. They want this work-life balance, and they want to be able to um, economize in ways that they couldn't otherwise do because they're restricted under contracts. Now, one part of the equation is the agricultural sector. The minister has pointed to that particular uh, issue, uh, which he says has resulted, as you noted, uh, in the rising price of food. Um, What measures do you think, uh, and clearly it's not just his ministry, but what measures in the government as a whole uh, should be looking at to cost correct? Yes, and uh, this is also a part of the systemic problem. And this is a macro problem, which has been in place for decades, since Medeca, basically, the government has been actively involved over many decades uh, in interventions in the agricultural sector, which means that Malaysia is heavily dependent, for example, on imported food, whether it's rice or many other types of food. And that is because the domestic capacity to produce these food, uh, these types of food in Malaysia has been um, affected and distorted by many decades of government intervention. Now, The obvious solution to that is to remove those distortions and to help the agro industries to respond so that they can then increase their productivity domestically and help to meet part of the demand or hopefully in the longer term, most of the demand from domestic sources. But that's a long term issue. And it is actually the responsibility of the economy ministry to look at that because the economy ministry has the responsibility for long term infrastructural um, reform although it does, of course, involve many other ministries in the short term. Jeffrey, we have about a minute and a half left. Now, as the government grapples um, with these systemic issues, um, and particularly with the issue of low income and the rising cost of living, where's that line between addressing bread and butter issues and micromanaging consumer habits? 
Well, I think the government doesn't have any role at all in micromanaging people's individual choices. And uh, that that's just a, a, my general perspective. Um, but I think it's also a fundamental perspective. However, the government can affect and should affect the environment in which those choices are made. And that in, involves the regulatory framework, the legal framework, and as well as the subsidies and the intervention in particular industries, in this in particular instances, we're talking now of uh, uh, the intervention in um, food production and food security. But it can also do that in many other cases. For example, you also mentioned improving access to public transport, which would make the cost of traveling to work less expensive, uh, quicker, easier, and that would help to reduce the work costs that are borne by employees, and that would increase their disposable income uh, re relatively quickly. Jeffrey, thanks for speaking with us today. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure. That was Dr. Jeffrey Williams, uh, economist with the Malaysia University of Science and Technology, uh, weighing in on the uh, statements from Economy Minister Rafizi Ramli on uh, how eating out is... Um, well, something that Malaysians apparently do a little too much of. We want to hear from you. Do you spend a lot on eating out or ordering in? And are you looking to cut back? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be back after this, so keep it here on Inside Story BFM eighty nine point nine. Buggy free minimum BFM eighty nine point nine. The business station. It is 6.38. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. We're talking about um, a remark by the Economy Minister, Rafizi Ramli, that Malaysians are, quote-unquote, addicted to eating out and that this is putting a dent in their disposable income. So we've been asking you, do you spend a lot on eating out or ordering in and are you looking to cut back? You can call 777-332-900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 0 1-8-7-8-9-8-8-9. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, we have so many opinions that have come in. Let's start with a voice note. This is from Akmal. In regards for Rafizi comments, I don't I don't agree with him because if uh, let's say it, it's kind of like uh, you are demonizing people who actually eat out and uh, the uh, and if you imagine yourself sitting in the shoes of, you know, those p people who actually own the businesses of cafes and so on, those kind of restaurant business, they are also rakyat. So, the moment, what he's actually doing is demonizing those uh, kind of uh, great economic activities. Oh, while I believe um, misdirecting us towards the main issue, which I think, you know, uh, the stagnant um, uh, salary and you know uh, our our failure as a country to transition from middle income into a high income country so I think that's the most important part that need to be uh, focused on thank you Akmal, thank you for that. Um, you know, our guest earlier, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Williams was also talking about how there are wider systemic issues that need to be looked at and that um, that perhaps this focus on just eating out also is tied to those that system, things that need to be fixed in order to uh, allow people to make these choices. And, and I think 
I think part of it is the way, as you said, Sharad, these uh, remarks have been since gone viral and people are talking about it, right? Because when you say, oh, Mal- Malaysians are addicted to eating out and that's why you don't have enough disposable income, it does start sounding a little bit blamey. Um, but I'm not sure that that's what the minister intended to convey. Yeah, in fact, Jeffrey mentioned that he thought the minister was thinking of the problem in systemic terms, right? So, yes, it's true that, you know, for lots of good reasons people eat out. I mean, the the social and cultural reasons, but there are also uh, issues related to uh, what Jeffrey called work culture, right? So work traps as in particular ways that we negotiate a space, uh, cities and our office space and how we eat. Um, And so what used to be a relatively cheap option has no longer become... So I, I do think when I read the report that, you know, what Rafizi was focused on was a description of what is happening to the expenditure side of the problem. You know, uh, uh, I think uh, uh, that you're right in suggesting that, you know, uh, it's about stagnant wages. But then within the within that how does expenditure operate? And if you are, and I think what Rafizi also does, which is very important for us to kind of take into account, is the comparative perspective, right? Uh, where is it that uh, we are spending a lot of money, and maybe it's not just the food that we eat, but it's all what Jeffrey said also. I think the work-related costs are also a very interesting dimension to how all this comes together. So I will say straight up that a lot of the messages that we're getting from our listeners are not pleased with this um, this remark from the minister. And I think it's because if we acknowledge, and, and, and I'm very glad, like Jeffrey actually painted such a vivid picture of... Um, most Malaysians' average day, right? The time you need uh, to get to work, how you might plan your meals in the interim, how often buying it on the way, eating out is often the most... um, I suppose the most, the easiest, most convenient decision uh, that allows you to get to work on time, that doesn't leave you feeling too exhausted and so on and so forth. If we keep all of that in mind, even if the minister was trying to make a point about expenditure, I think honing in on eating out feels a little bit like you are focusing on the issue that perhaps sounds like it's easy to solve, but actually there are so many larger things that are related to why Malaysians are making those decisions. Um, let's see. We have so many people coming in. Um, CK saying, imagine you wake up at 7am, travel to work and back to home around 7pm or later. Would you have sufficient time and energy to prepare a meal by yourself? Nope. Preparing a meal by yourself, cleaning and that sort of stuff will take you at least another hour and I bet most of the people would prefer prefer to just tapau while you're on the way back home and then use the remaining time to be a couch potato or do something else. Yeah, so uh, I think, CK, you're absolutely right. I mean, that that's, I think, the logic of how we off, off, have operated. The question is that with uh, the rising cost of food in particular, uh, how, what changes in our calculation, right? And I think, uh, uh, to be fair to Rafizi, he is saying that all these things come together, right? In some ways, the eating out is a symptom of particular policies of the past. Um, and so I, mean, I know people <laughs> are often triggered. We often triggered and we often, a lot of us don't actually read beyond the headlines, right? The headlines have to be a bit clickbaity. But I, I do think it's a much more nuanced uh, argument that was being made. Um, no, but then I think, Sharad, make the nuanced argument. Don't talk about people eating out. Like, frankly, that's how I felt. 
make make the nuanced arguments i think they were helpful to be made but i think even highlighting oh it's the fact that people are eating out too much feels like the feels like perhaps a a, a statement that I mean, nobody appreciates being told these things when times are already tough, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think we're all in a situation where people don't like to be judged by government um, <laughs> or people in government. Uh, but uh, but it, it's a purely descriptive thing, right? If your if, uh, um, expenditure and if you break, do that... Uh, that exercise that Jeffrey suggested, we look at our work-related costs, of which food is only one component, there's transport included, uh, how much does eating out cost us and what are the solutions to it? And I know it's easier to kind of lecture and preach at people about how they should Mm. change. But we've talked about uh, issues like food prep and all that on this show and how many people can do that and who's privileged enough to do that. But I think Jeffrey also points to issues like uh, the Employment Act and what the government will have to do. But in that conversation... Uh, we have to acknowledge that uh, eating out has put or does put a considerable burden on our expenditure, right, on our wage packet. And so then the question, how do we deal with that? We have, let's see, um, France saying, it's good um, if experts understand that a huge portion of the working community is in production work where flexibility of work is not possible. And these are the people who are most affected by cost of living. Um, Belinda also making a point about flexibility saying, I cooked all my meals at least five to six days in a week, dining out only on weekends and on special occasions. I order in only when I'm sick or unable to cook. Yes, it is definitely a reasonable savings, but you need to have time and effort too. Of course, I'm a retiree, so I have the time, but probably it's difficult for the working class when you need to battle traffic after work. It'll be too tiring to cook. Right. So Belinda, you know, you you actually speak to exactly the kind of problems, uh, structural problems that are part of the conundrum of low or stagnant wages versus, you know, high rising costs. And, uh, and then the question is, who can manage it? And I think the idea is to produce the kind of policy interventions that could shift the needle, including ones around work flexibility, which would, in fact, provide people ideally with the time to do uh, the, the many things that we think are strategies for um, keeping personal costs down. Keep those thoughts coming. We will will be back after this. Do you spend a lot on eating out, on ordering food in? Are you looking to cut back? You can call 777-332-900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So keep it here on Inside Story, BFM 89.9. Backing feminist movements. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. It is 6.48. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. And uh, we are asking you, do you spend a lot of time eating out? Are you looking to cut back on this? You can call 777-332-900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We are, of course, talking about this on the wake of the Economy Minister, Rafizi Ramli, um, saying that Malaysians spend uh, a fair amount of their disposable income on eating out. So let's start with a voice note. Uh, This is from Lynette. Um, In yonder days when food was cheaper, it made more sense to eat out, especially if you have only one or two person. But with the rate that inflation is going, we are moving towards developed country where it's so expensive to eat out that it is only for special occasions 
and we would rather eat at home and bring and pack food to work. This is my this is my personal opinion. Thank you. Bye. Lynette, thank you for that. Actually, that echoes something uh, you and I were talking about uh, before the show, Sharad, that eventually, if the the price of ingredients and the cost of eating out continues to rise the way it's rising, and, and, signif- and, and you know, more importantly, what people are making doesn't increase in the same rate, it will become quite likely, I think, that we will collectively begin eating out much less. Yeah, so you think that, you know, uh, people will make the best choices for themselves and they'll have to wait. On an individual level, it will vary. The question is, is on an aggregate level, is it doing the kind of things that we hope it will do, which is that, you know, people will feel, uh, as you pointed out, that the cost of eating is just too much and they will have to make the time or they will start to demand, uh, you know, from their employee, uh, employers more flexibility in their work so that they can achieve those kinds of ends. But, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not just the the inputs into the food that is going to uh, change the cost of food eating, you know, eating out, but also, uh, you know, the staff. I mean, I think we were blessed, uh, you know, unusually for decades with having poorly paid migrants work in our restaurants, right? And all the mamas and all that they paid very little. And that's actually also kept the cost down. So what if they got a fair wage? How would that transform in the, the kind of eating out culture? Actually, everything you just said, Sharad, um, does depict that sort of deeply systemic nature of this conversation that something as simple as, oh, do we eat out too much? You know, should we be saving money? Has so many threads that um, hits at a number of issues um, that are problems that Malaysia has, I suppose, been talking about needing to resolve for decades and we still haven't quite gotten there. Um, I think that speaks to actually some of the frustration that is coming through in a number of messages who are all simply... um, talking about how this remark um, isn't appreciated, perhaps a reflection of uh, some amount of uh, disappointment with the government. So Dennis, for instance, is saying it's too simplistic to equate um, uh, the economy to just eating out too often. Um, spending any, Not spending any money anywhere will also affect the economy. Uh, Munif, meanwhile, says, where was all this talk when uh, Rafizi was in the opposition? Back then, it was the government uh, should have done this and should have done that. When he's in the position to take walk the talk, suddenly eating out takes the blame. Uh, an anonymous gov- uh, listener then says, uh, did we elect a minister um, who can not, uh, did we elect a government with ministers who can't solve Malaysia's economic problems? Uh, blaming uh, others for their non-performance is lame. Uh, KW says, well, KW just makes a remark about how this government perhaps isn't being quite smart. So a lot of frustration. Um, to be fair, to be fair, um, as I said, uh, the minister wasn't simply making a flippant comment. He was making um, a number of points about policy and how past policies haven't actually prepared the nation enough for our current economic situation. Yeah, and it wasn't like he was blaming um, all our economic woes on you know this particular tendency. I mean, in, in many ways, something that we celebrate, right? The eating out, the the camaraderie, the socializing that we find that when we when we do in fact eat out. I that I don't think any of that was in the mix. I mean, what was uh, like you said, uh, Shamila? He was trying to draw several threads to together, uh, including past policies that have resulted in this current situation. The question is, if we all agree that this is in fact true, 
how do we move on from here? What can government do uh, as a government? What can we do as citizens and consumers? So a number of people also um, bringing up the question of what does this mean for the FNB industry? Uh, so Chan is saying, I wonder what the FNB players' reactions are. HJ says, while I subscribe to most of Rafizi's economic policy, uh, philosophies, not this. It's our Malaysian's lifestyle and it will be harsh to take this away. Besides, it will help spur economic growth for dining out. The crux of this is our low pay economy structure. Yahya says, FNB is the heart of our economy. Even those who work two or three jobs depend on FNB. For instance, food delivery um, or sending uh, riders to and fro to the restaurant, influencers doing food reviews. The minister should have this uh, larger point of view. Yeah, so um, let's take the FNB uh, you know, sector and whether this was an attack on the FNB sector. I don't think it was. Uh, all I think Rafizi was pointing to was the fact that we have a conundrum with personal expenditure of individuals uh, and how much we are using, right? So it's not about saying spending less. It was like, do we want to spend so much on eating out when you can get maybe the same nutritional value for much less if you prepped at home. Um, then when you look, when you drill down on something like Yahya's comment, it's very interesting, right? So yes, gripe drivers are part of the economy, they're workers and stuff. Uh, and if that part of the economy fell away, where would they go? I mean, for some, it might be a subject that we need solutions that are better than e-hailing as jobs for young people. And so then the, then the government would have to resolve that problem too. But, you know, we can't, um, I don't know personally if it's, if it's uh, good to just say, well, you know, status quo is good and we don't want to rock the boat on it. We have a voice note that's come in. This is from uh, Denison. Hi guys, I think eating out for me, uh, for my family, uh, we have like six people, uh, is uh, really uh, have, uh, help me to save more money than uh, than before, uh, even like cooking at home and stuff. Because uh, we usually go to this uh, mixed rice uh, shop and uh, we just get like uh, four dishes. Uh, we have vegetables, meat, uh, eggs and uh, uh, maybe tofu. And that costs around about 20 ringgit for six people. All we have to do is just, just to cook uh, some brown rice and uh, that's our dinner. Apologies, that was Denon, not Denison. But uh, thank you for your thoughts, Denon. Um, you know, I'm so uh, interested to hear about this because... I cook often only for myself and I've generally found also that there isn't a lot of difference between buying ingredients for one person and cooking and ordering from a restaurant. Depends, of course, what price point you're shopping at and the kind of groceries you're buying. Um, but I do think that his example and this breakdown of how um, you can get four dishes, it costs only 20 ringgit for six people, and then you cook some rice at home, that is still a reality for many families. Yeah, and there are many, I, I think the, the problem is so varied, right? If you look at uh, something like the fact that most families now have uh, or rely on two incomes and that, and that you know, men and women uh, as a pair, you know, both need to work, right? And so then the question is, you know, who, who cooks? Um, you know, if both have equally demanding jobs. Uh, and, and then if you decide, well, we'll get a cook or a maid or something, that's yet another expenditure, right? So uh, these are complex, uh, I think, um, 
decisions that need to be made on a on a home level, on an individual level. Uh, I think what the government uh, can do, as you know, I think Jeffrey pointed out to this, pointed to this, which is that it's not the uh, it's not the um, the role of government to micromanage our lives, and I don't think Rafi was even suggesting that. It, it was simply that we need to understand the problem more deeply. We have so many thoughts coming in. So I wanted to look at some people who are talking about um, eating at home and how that is the more economically savvy decision, right? Um, We have, let's see... uh, LH saying, what the minister said is right. Cooking saves a lot of money. We just need to find the time. You don't have to cook every day. You can cook a lot at once and then put that additional food in the fridge to be eaten over the next few days or heated up over the stove or in the microwave. Cooking our own food is healthier. It's a, it is a fact that our salary will not increase. So we need to be creative on how to maximize our salary. Eating out is no longer affordable nowadays. So, The last sentence, LH, I think is increasingly becoming true for many people. Um, I know that even as someone who I think maybe my breakdown is like 60% takeout, 40% cooking at home, I'm beginning to shift more towards cooking at home just because I'm starting to find that exactly as LH said, I can maybe prep some things and put it aside and I tend to save money. But that said... um, you just have to find the time is where is a sticking point because I don't know that it's that easy for everyone to simply find the time to cook. Yeah, but it also depends on what kind of cooking you do, right? Some mm. cooking is fairly simple. And, and um, when I, I'm always shocked by how much, you know, say a piece of chicken might be at a mama restaurant versus what a whole chicken costs. And, you know, um, and then the question is, what's, what's really the payoff? It, is the chicken so much tastier? No, la, but then you can pick up the chicken and go home and eat in 20 minutes. To roast a whole chicken or to cook it or to clean it takes you an hour plus. Yeah, but at that hour, you, would, you're you not going to sit down and eat the whole chicken. So, you know, again, it comes to this thing of but managing. But what I think was the more interesting part of the message that you read out, Shamala, is a... Uh, not it's not a resignation, but a, r- a realization that this situation of stagnant wages might actually be for some time to come, mm. and therefore we need to get real about the kinds of options that we have, right? I mean, we can hold on to the past, we can, you know, scream and shout at government, but, you know, government is not in control of everything. It's certainly not in charge of the global economy, and many of the things are out of its control. Do you spend a lot on eating out or ordering in? And are you looking to cut back? Send your thoughts through. We'll continue the conversation after this. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Backing female ministers. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. It is 7.08. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. We have been talking about eating out. Um, This comes after Economy Minister Rafizi Ramli um, said that Malaysians uh, spending a lot on eating out is putting a dent on their disposable income. Now, he also related this to um, past failures of policy, particularly when it comes to agriculture policy and things like our public transportation not being up to mark. So a lot to unpack there, but we are asking you, do you spend a lot on eating out or ordering in and are you looking to cut back? You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. Let's start with a voice note. This is from Sid. 
we were talking about cutting back on uh, eating outside. Okay, this is the common theme in my house. Okay, because I stay alone. I don't stay with my mom. Uh, okay, my mom always complains. Oh, you're always eating outside. You're wasting money. Blah, blah, blah. But, okay, but as you see, by the time I get home, it's like 8 p.m. Because it's been stuck in the jam. Okay, and then I, I tend to focus on what am I? doing after that so basically an hour will be gone for me going to the gym okay and after that it's around nine after nine it's nine you want me to cook and eat or maybe you can we were talking about prepping it's just it's just not worth my time sometimes it doesn't it, it depends on your priorities i guess because for me i feel like i need some me time so if your me time is cooking are very good for you i guess but for me my me time is just winding down and just chilling watching netflix maybe watching something in youtube maybe yeah sometimes i just feel like it's not worth worth it when if you're a bachelor it's not when you when you think a meal will take you about 10 15 bucks that's about it so i feel like yeah that's a sacrifice i'm willing to make to just so that i have my sanity <laughs> sid thank you for that um sanity <laughs> yeah actually you know sid your mother complaining that you waste money is actually quite interesting because it's a generation that uh, also uh, didn't have this kind of habit right so uh, maybe sid's your mother's generation was reflective of a time before eating out became really big um, is it perhaps also reflective of a generation of people who could come home by 5:30 or 6 every day though? it could be it yeah. could also be maybe a household where there was one person yes one person, person whose job was to cook was to cook among yeah. other things yes uh, and also i think there was a concern and i know this was reflected in you know in with my father's complaint about me going out and eating which is the quality of the food that you weren't in control that if you eat at home the chances are you're making much better quality food without all the additives and stuff uh, that's ruining your health so Carl actually also in many ways making a point about um well since his sanity but i suppose uh, peace of mind enjoyment and so on Carl says eating out is costly yes but it is essential once in a while to cheer up the kids and the wife one more thing it costs less for individuals or couples to eat out than cook for big families cooking will be cheaper so actually this point about it costing less for individuals or couples to eat out um is sort of what i was trying to get at earlier when i say often i'm not sure i'm saving all that much by cooking um for me it's more about being healthy perhaps or portion control or maybe being able to even make something a little better than the same version that i would get outside i'm not sure that it's necessarily always about saving money for me yeah uh, well it again you know we we t- take this conversation away from uh its embeddedness in a in a description of our problems the problems that a lot of people face uh, with the stagnant wages and the rising cost of living uh then and we talk about the personal choices we make as individuals or group there is in fact i think arguments that will say yes you know scale always uh you know provide you you know cheaper food uh, per serving and so on but there are ways that us because of refrigeration whatever that you can in fact cook at scale and then you know and then portion it out i mean it might not be the best i mean i cook for myself a lot chamala I, i mean i'm not the best cook in the world but you know it's decent i think mc says 
Malaysians are also very defensive. Last time when a minister said Nasilama is unhealthy, the public went berserk over the statement. But it's true, Nasilama may be unhealthy. When the sugar price goes up, the minister advises to cut down on sugar. Yes, the minister receives brickbats. And now Rafizi says something sensible. What do we have now? Yeah, I think it's... <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm defending Basically, the minister. Basically, don't come for our food is yeah. what, uh, yeah, what this seems to indicate. Yeah. Don't come for our, our comfort food, for our, our secret pleasures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's very clear that government can no longer or sound like it's a concerned parent, right? It, you know, if at all, ministers must sound like policymakers who are trying to figure out what government can do, you know, what are the enabling um, structures that it's in fact in control of that it can help shape uh, in order to nudge people, maybe nudge at best people towards making better choices uh, that on an aggregate level will improve the situation. But yeah, beyond that, I would be very careful if I was a minister to sound like I was hectoring the public or telling them what to do with their personal lives. Well, actually, Samuel is saying the best way to encourage cooking at home is to encourage working from home. Make it a policy. 60% of the workday should allow workers to work from home. This also inadvertently reduces the commuting cost, win-win, um, which isn't dissimilar to what our guest Jeffrey Williams said earlier, Samuel. Um, I mean, I'm not sure that this is practical for every workplace or every type of job, but I think, again, um, this is maybe why uh, the Minister is catching this much flack for this comment that it sounds like he is pushing back at the thing, the wrong thing. Instead of saying uh, we should be looking at more comprehensive ways in which people can be allowed to cook more at home, it instead comes down to don't spend so much on eating out. Or at least that's what it sounds like he's saying. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, the the question of how we as individuals make choices, I think, is a key to this in reading these um, these uh, media reports or what ministers say. What I think we should be looking at when listening to the minister is whether he his diagnosis is correct um, and all the moving parts of what clearly is a very complicated situation, right? Uh so many moving parts to resolve the cost of living issue that many people are facing. So the minister has actually um, come out to defend his statement and said that um, it is based on collected data. Um, and he says that a proportion of the income does go to eating out. So And that this has grown over the years. So for what it's worth, that's the most recent that we've heard from him on this. Uh, in the meantime, do keep your thoughts coming. We've been asking you, do you spend a lot on eating out? Are you looking to cut back? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018. 789 Tweet us at BFM Radio. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. It is 7.17. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. We've been asking you, do you spend a lot on eating out? Are you looking to cut back? Keep your thoughts coming. You can call 777 Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We have a voice note. This is from TIDJ. When I was living with my partner, it cost us a lot more to to cook at home because we're both working. Uh, we can't go to a pasar to go and, you know, select like 300 grams of chili or very selected amounts of ingredients. So we had to buy it from the supermarket, which they tend to bundle it up. 
So we're paying close to like 10 ringgit for maybe three bell peppers. And by the time we're using the second one, the third one has already, you know, spoiled. It's gone, it's gone bad. So that's already like three ringgit wasted. It is honestly a lot more convenient just to go to a warong or to a mama and it doesn't cost that much more. And yeah, eating out was really a convenience. And I think like most people were saying, it's also a question of sanity. Like we don't have the time. We're just super exhausted after we work. We don't have the energy to go and cook. Yeah, DJ, uh, thank you for that. Actually, I think that is something that so many people are agreeing with this. No, well, two things really there. One being often it might end up being more cost effective to cook, uh, to eat out. But on the other hand, that even if it is a little bit more, that it's worth the peace of mind or the mental health points, as it were, uh, that comes with not having to worry about uh, putting a meal out on the table for, for yourself after work. Yeah, well, if you, you know... It all seems to come back to, actually, that our work systems are not accommodating uh, people being able to make these choices for themselves. Yeah, sure. And I and I think, uh, you know, I mean, I could counsel, you know, preserving your food, you know, your, <laughs> your vegetables. I, I had this problem for decades until I realized I could put vegetables in a jar and, and preserve them for much longer. But, you know, the... Uh, the the diagnosis of the economic issues uh, very different from the kind of self-diagnosis you have to do in order to make the kind of choices you want to do make, right? So um, what I think government can do, if we follow what Jeffrey was saying, um, was that uh, if you want to make demands on your bosses for flexibility with work, what, you, what government can provide is the enabling legislation that makes... Uh, strengthens your case at the point at this point in time it's not so strong because employers have absolute discretion on that wayne says rafizi is spot on there are two types of eating out instagram worthy or economical and nutritious try the latter i have a family of four and due to work and kids schedule we eat out economically on a daily basis economical nutritious meals for me and my wife we eat once a day and most of the time we prepare our own food simple food like salad and meat and fruits cook the meat beforehand heat up before work i plant my own kale and veggies at home using hydroponics where to find time fine time wow uh yeah growing beyond vegetables i tried that have you shamla have you tried to grow vegetables? only basil which i killed quite promptly oh did you just use too much you harvested too much yes i did i got yeah. too excited when they started growing and i thought oh i'm gonna put it on everything not realizing you have to leave some on the plant for it to be able to basically make more food for itself <laughs> well you know i think that okay so us middle class people with all these options you know versus uh you know two working class working parents and what are the options available for them maybe limited space also at home uh the question is what can government do to enable better choices for themselves, including uh, how can they collectively uh, at their own workplaces push for um, solutions that make sense to both the employer and themselves as workers. And I think that is the long-term game plan. Let's see, we have another voice note that's come in. This is Aaron. So I do spend a lot of money on eating outside because me and my wife, we are working adult and we spend most of our time working at the office so every time when we come back home we wouldn't have enough time to prepare the dishes and cook so we have no choice but to eat it outside but of course i'm still lucky because 
uh, once a while I still get to travel back to my parents' house and they, they would cook some food for me. But basically, I do spend quite a lot of money on eating outside. Uh, I would say average monthly expenses on food will be somewhere around 1,005 and 2,000. I mean, included me and my wife. Yeah, so I think, yes, I have to cut down on eating outside because it definitely costs a lot of money. But of course, there comes a problem when we, if we want to cook ourselves, it will be cheaper, but we tend to have, we need more time. So of course, the problem is more on our side. We got to do a lot of proper time management, you know, getting prepared with the dishes before we cook. Yeah, but eventually, that's the way, you know, if we want to cut down on eating outside, save some money. Aaron, you are like my internal monologue whenever I balance my finances at the end of the month. Uh, I need to save more. Maybe I should eat more at home. Yes, I'll think about it, but where to find the time? Uh, but no, I think it's so relatable. Indeed. Uh, the question, of course, is, you know, do you have to? Because if you don't have anything else to spend your money on. So this it- is a good point, right? Actually, and, and selfishly, for me, that's the choice I often make. To me, it's not causing a dent in my finances to do that 60% buy out, 40% eat home. But if it is, it's perhaps when you have to start asking yourself those questions because it, it is also a trade-off because what is your free time worth to you? Would I prefer to read a book or spend time with a friend or visit my family um, than to cook? And that's that's actually a privilege to be able to decide that way, which maybe not everyone has. Yeah, and then there's this other thing. It's not just simply eating. And I think of working class families where the 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 real issue for children in those families is nutrition. So what is the nutritional content of the food they're getting, right? It's not just to fill your stomach and so you don't go hungry or feel hungry when you go to bed, but it's that you're getting good nutritious food. And that uh, is a long-term problem for government when it thinks of food security and how to resolve, um, you know, the issue. I think it's, but I mean, I think we in the middle classes are pretty privileged. It's, I think the working class, the classes of the country that are really going mm. to find that these trade-offs are increasingly difficult to make. Or that um, uh, the, the, the people that you find are perhaps supposedly in the middle and middle income group but because of things like family and expenses and just things be, be becoming more and more expensive um, find that their daily um, expenses are overtaking what they're able to make and I think then you also start wondering about what to cut out of your usual life and and those are not easy choices um, husband says um, and I think this goes back to choice of words and and how people perceive these things husband says addictive is the wrong choice of words people eat out mostly on weekdays because there's no time to prep for meals because of work and traffic jams and uh, traffic jams heading home and then having to do it all over again tomorrow yeah and I think this is pretty much acknowledged I think uh Again, I, not to kind of um, defend the minister or whatever. I, I did, the question was whether the statement was made in a judgmental way that, you know, uh, as Sid's mother might have said, well, you know, why are you eating out so much? And, you know, uh, the food's not good. It could be better at home and, and so on and so forth. I, I think it was much more in a kind of descriptive mode.
Let's see. Um, we have so many um, opinions on this. Um, we have Rowan saying, For lunch, I eat out or order takeaway as it's convenient. My family prepares dinner almost every night, so I'm fortunate to have home-cooked food when I come home late from work. I keep the makan out days for my family for when my family wants a break and the weekends. Now I've relocated, I miss the convenience and the affordability of eating out in Malaysia. Mainly because it's difficult to get Malaysian cuisine here in the EU. However, it's not a bad thing. I'm learning how to prepare dishes that I could easily buy outside back in KL and I'm enjoying the process as well. So just as a counterpoint to Rowan though, we do have Alvin who says, I will cut back on eating out altogether if price keeps going up. Well, yeah, and the, the question is why are the why are prices going up, right? So it might be food inputs, it might be just you know opportunism on the part of you know certain restaurants, but it could also be that um, you know the price of uh, labor is going up, and and the price of labor, of course, is somebody else's wage. <laughs> but um, can Malaysians imagine a situation when eating out becomes something that's special? It's not done occasionally, rather than a daily um, practice. Leisure, which is what the minister said, right? That in other countries, people eat out for leisure. Here, we eat out almost as a practice. Um, I don't know. And I don't know whether I, I like thinking of a Malaysia where eating out is a is so unattainable for so many people or whether it's thought of as something that's expensive. Because as Jeffrey Williams said earlier, part of the Malaysian culture is this idea that you can socialize over a meal and that it's relatively affordable for people to do. But do you need to do it every day? Ah, so then it becomes a necessity. I mean, that is where you talk about the systems needing to be um, perhaps friendlier towards people having a home life, essentially. Right. But I, the thing is, I come from a... I'm not that old. I mean, I'm old, but, you know, but I'm not that old. And <laughs> and I remember the time when, when eating out on this kind of... As, uh, as a daily practice wasn't, in fact, that prevalent. Uh, and so we have just gone through a particular period, maybe 20 or 30 years, uh, of high economic growth and, and all the changes that urbanization has created uh, that has made this the, the normal. The question is, do we want to confront new normals or a post-normal situation? Well, that seems like the point at which to leave this conversation. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.